Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. Where we tell you about all the mistakes you can make while making a film and explain how you can avoid them yourself. And I am your host, Manny. And I'm Lynn. And we're here once again with Scott W. Perry. Very nice. Very nice. It's great to be here. Yeah. Thrilled. You know what it sounds Great. like? Sounds like a Vince Vega. Vince Vega. <laughs> Vince Vega. Bagel and a hand job. <laughs> you have to start your own podcast and call it that. Bagel and a hand. I might. Yeah. Uh, I, I might. I, I, I've, I have. <laughs> I have an inferior podcast which I haven't updated in ages, which I should get back to. Mm. Um, well, um, since we did a marathon on writing. Whew. That was whew, that was exhausting. I love writing. That was exa- apparently you, yes. you you like talking about writing too. I think you just like talking. Yes. I'm a great I'm a great writer. Ask me. Yes. <laughs> Ask me. No. Uh, tribute to Don Rickles there. <laughs> the late great Don Rickles. Okay, listen bro, we're not we're not writing this time. We're producing. Oh, okay. Well, that means uh, I am on point. First things first, quick announcement. Uh this Weekend coming up is Chiller Theater. Chiller. And you will be able to find Lindsay and myself at Chiller Theater with the great Dina Demko. The lovely and Maybe talented. Me. Maybe Scott, if he decides. I am a game time decision. He may show up. He may show up, but we will Leave definitely your house. be there. Do it. Yeah. We will definitely be there. We will be at Dina Demko's table at Chiller Theater in the main vendor room. Yeah. Little replicants. I yes. might just take the approach somebody we know does, just show up and just mooch off everybody for the weekend. You should just take a bunch of pictures while you're there, too. I mean, yeah, what? Not. I did not say that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, come on out. You want to pick up, we'll have copies of Blood Slaughter Massacre. We may have copies of Attack of the Brain People, too. We are unfortunately all out of them right now. Dina has them. So Dina's got, yes, Dina's got a couple. Dina, Dina has like 10, 10 or so more copies of Brain People. Uh, so come on out to Chiller Theater in Persephone, New Jersey. Yeah. It will be more in value if they sign it. Yeah, sure. We sign for free. We sign for free. Sign for but free. I will sign it. worth more. I'll sign anything you put in front of me. I don't care. I signed a boob once. She signed a boob. Yeah. Nice. I yeah. have yet to sign a boob. I, you never will. Yes, I could sign a boob. No, you can't. There's Why actually not? a few ways I can answer that right now. <laughs> Why not? I'll sign a boob. I, doesn't, I don't have to hold the boob to sign it. The, micro, the marker will do it. He's never signed a boob. I've seen some people at his table at some of the vending machines. Believe me, you've signed a few boobs. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Chiller Theater, come on out and see us at Dina Demko's I'm, table. I'm a producer. I have to, this is the producing episode. I have to be honest. That's true. That's true. <laughs> So speaking of, with your segue there, we're going to talk production. Uh, Scott, you produced your series in Fear of, which we heard yes. at length at the last episode. Yes, uh, you were the you were a, lot, a writer on a few episodes. Show you runner, were director creator, on a few, producer, but yes, writer, of course, mostly the showrunner and the producer. Yeah. Yes. Um, first things first. What the hell were you thinking? <sighs> What possessed you to decide, I want to do a series before doing, like, as most people, most people aspire toward making a feature film. What made you start and say, I'm going to do a series? It was very simply, was a love for Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone. I wanted to do something like that because that's where I, I, growing up, that's where I began my love for the genre and, uh, when I came across looking at a website for phobias, I thought this would be a perfect idea for somebody to do a series. And then, like two seconds later, I'm like, "This is a perfect idea for me to do a series like this." And okay, so I'm gonna no, I'm gonna take that a little further. Why, in God's name, did you decide to do it with 
a bunch of different indie filmmakers. It's like herding cats. Well, it was because I wanted, there were a lot of people I wanted to work with. I wanted to experience working with a lot of people in a way. It was my own personal film school in a way. So you, so you, you got a lot of experience. You saw how yeah. a lot of Learned different people lot. got to work. Yeah. Work, it was. And it, and it flexed your producing muscles very oh, well. Yeah. Very. Yeah. I, I, I would say. Got I to herd a, cats with the best I'm a comp- <laughs> From when I started doing it, which was. Uh, it's actually funny. We're, we're, uh, it's actually five, almost five years ago to the day that we shot the first episode, uh, Monophobia. Mm. Fear Aww, of being happy alone with, uh, my first collaboration with the one and only Debbie Rashawn. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from there to now, I've learned a lot. I think I'm, I'm almost a completely different person. You know, from a lot of, there were some high points. There were definitely some low points as well, which I'll get into. But, um, you know, the whole, ex- the experience as a whole, even the low ones, I wouldn't change it for anything because, uh, you know, it really, um, it laid the groundwork for a lot of things on how I think now, how I act now, and, and how I approach certain things now. Because, you know, I made a lot of mistakes on it and a lot by my own admission that, um, you know, looking back at it now, I'm kind of glad I went through those steps. But definitely, well, that's how not, we learn. Yeah. I'm definitely not going to do it learn. again the next time, you know? Yeah. Well, that's how you learn because you're never you're never going to be the best. No one's yeah. ever going to be the best. No, and that's, you're definitely that's not what the I, best coming out the gate either. Yeah. That's not. No, it was an interesting thing because I'd always written and directed my own. I've always produced stuff that I've written and directed. So this is an opportunity to produce other to produce material that was created by somebody else and how, and kind of work in that asp- aspect. See as how just other people work. I like so, I like that. I, you know, which I, I'll I'll tell you that was a lot of on set. That was a lot of fun. Getting to on set was a fucking nightmare, <laughs> yeah. but there is something good about just being there as a producer overseeing everything. And if anybody has a problem, you can, you can do it. You know, just holding on to that one thing is great when you're doing all three on a set, which I've learned you, it can get chaotic where you'll, you'll, you'll blow your mind. Like immediately your mind will just be shot. And I've dealt with that. You and know, it's like three voices fighting in your head where it's like the producer is like, go, go, go. Hurry, yeah. Hurry, and, you gotta, hurry. And, and the director's and like the lighting. You have to have ready. different personalities for each one. So, yeah. you know, when I was a writer, there's a way I had to do it. When I was a director, there's a way you have to do it. And even from producing and directing, you have to have two different mindsets yes. for it. So it's better to focus on one and, and just do that. You know, what the main lesson I learned is that for any project I direct from now on, I'm going to have a capable producer on there who will handle all the producing aspects just in production only. And I would handle the pre-production and the post-production producing. But during filming, I am not a producer. I am the director. You know, that's the best way to do it. You know, just focus on one thing at a time because the producer's job is a nightmare. Mm. You know, it, it, it can be a nightmare. It's a huge part of it too. Is, as I've seen in the short time that we've been doing the show, this is already the third episode where we're going to cover producing. Yes. It really is the biggest part of making, of getting the movie done is producing. I Everything feel, comes down to how you produce it. You, you ever watch the Academy Awards whenever they produce every category and they're always like, you know, the art design is always the most important part of the film. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, I, you just said that, it reminded me of that. Yeah, no, this is, there. producing is, this is, is where the entire film comes together from. Yeah. It, it, that's what takes your movie from a script to the screen. Yeah. Is the producing is what brings yeah. it in there. You know, I, I know mm-hmm. that on set the director is in charge, you know, but the director's in charge because this is the point where you're creating it's their vision. I mean, yeah, you're yeah. creating the art is creating of it. the vision for the director. You've built yeah. everything for them to have that vision. And yeah. anything that goes exactly. wrong, you basically let them alone, let them deal with their vision and you deal with the headaches to, that mm-hmm. deal with getting their vision in mm-hmm. the first place, you know? Yep. Um yeah. So um so what now again, we we've said you haven't you you haven't you haven't have you produced any features for somebody else yet? No, I've I've looked I I've talked to a few about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, we're we're still. I'm still in the process of looking at one. Okay. You know, of course, I've written. Well, not even your own, just myself, somebody else's. Um, it's been discussed. I I've looked at a couple of scripts so you, that I might. So be you've begun in. the process of kind of figuring out how you would produce a feature. What, what do I you would. Think? I would. I also have been helping a few people who are looking to produce it on their own. What they would do on it, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd to be at that point right now because I didn't think I would. So, um, <laughs> well, but it's very interesting. But you know, I'm definitely at that point. But. What do you think is unique to producing uh, a series versus a feature? Well, you know, it's different because, you know, with a, it's kind of the same in my in my standpoint because I did an anthology. So every yeah. episode was different. It wasn't, you know, with a series, you're working with the same people, you're working with the same crew. So mm-hmm. it's actually a little easier. What I did, I think, was a lot more difficult. Oh, yeah. Starting from scratch over and over again. Starting, yeah, it was starting from scratch with a different crew, a different team, mostly a different over, personality. And over and over again. Different personalities, different things. And they all had to keep within the formula of the mindset of the series that I created. They all had to keep the same tone and the same flow, you know. So you were beyond a producer. You were actually like king of continuity. I was a showrunner, you know. Yeah. It was yeah. like I, the only and I and I gave a lot of freedom to every other director that you know I did it. In some cases, I was successful, and some I was, and some I wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, to be fair, and I did a lot of these in a very short amount of time. Yeah, you know where I would be okay. I can think of in, in a two-week period. Um, I'm going to have to name the episodes because it helps me. That's um, fine. fine. But, you know, for the second season, I remember on a Saturday, I shot um, Fear of Aging with Susie Lorraine out in uh, Port Jefferson for a day with uh, her and Dr. Doherty. I shot the whole film in one day. Oh, wow. The very next day, I'm in New York City filming uh, Fear of Insanity with Susie, with Rachel Robbins, you know, which is... That was the very next day. Three days later, Jeez. we got the shot... Uh, for two days, which uh, I'm going to get to this one in, in a minute because we wound up not finishing it because I ran out of money and, and unfortunately the filmmaker, uh, you know, he quit. But we were filming his episode and um, we had two days to do that, which was tough because we couldn't get a location until the very last second. Oh, that's always hard. You know, uh, basically there was a six month window hmm? to get everything done. And he waited until two weeks to give me a script, to give me oh. what he needed, a cast and everything. And I had two weeks to get everything together while preparing three other episodes on my own. Because the following week after that, I directed uh, another episode where I had to get people in from Chicago, uh, fear of being bound, morentophobia. So mm. that was all within a two-week period. So now out of curiosity, that, that one that, that, that didn't make it, yeah. uh, didn't finish, um, did, you, did you ever consider pulling it? Because I mean, that's that's one of the decisions, one of the hard. Decisions it was a, it was a very tough make. decision because I mean it's edited. We have a problem with the sound, and I just can't afford to fix the sound. Yeah, you know because the cast, you know, it's always tough because we were in a position where we didn't really pay, pay the cast a lot. So the whole thing is shot. The whole thing is shot. It's, it's just, just a matter of sound, and I got to a point where, after doing everything, I just got fried, and I'm like, well, you know, if the director quit filmmaking, and if he's not going to do it, and it's a mutual thing, he just got tired of the scene. Mm-hmm. You know, he felt filmmaking sucks. Um, <laughs> he and, didn't love it anymore. And the funniest thing is, I I understand completely. From a directing standpoint, from a writing standpoint, I understand completely. From a producing standpoint, no, that's not an option. It's 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 an it's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. So that's the point where you have to wear that one hat, and not mm-hmm. all three. Yeah. You know, so it's like. While I understand there's a lot going on with it and he dealt with a lot of pre- tragedy, from a reducing standpoint, I just lost a lot of money from this decision. And my point is, fuck it. You know, I'm not, I don't have the money to finish it. I'm, uh, yeah, you're not going to put money in that hole. Yeah. And I'm there's, like, there's no reason. To. And it was a very tough decision because, you know, it's like, I don't think it stood up to the other ones as much as, 
he was valued as a filmmaker in many other ways. I just felt it didn't stand up to a lot of it. And I was trying like crazy to get everybody to come back to do ADR. And it was just such a nightmare. I just went, I was either that or do my own thing. And I was, after doing 20 episodes for two years, I decided to do my, I got selfish. And some people are like, oh, well, you know, how dare you get selfish on it? And I'm like, with all the opportunities I gave everybody on this series on my own time and my own expense, I think I deserve to be a little bit like that at that point. Yeah, but you even said it yourself. Artists are never going to understand giving up on something. Um, No, they aren't. Well, do you think, do you think that, now you said it didn't, it didn't live up to some of the other episodes. Do you think that's uh, simply is you think it's because of the fact that you had so little time to put it together or is it more attributed to his seemingly uh, lack of interest in continuing being a filmmaker? Um, it was a little bit of both. I actually think if it was not made for inferior, of, I think it would be an excellent short film on its own. Okay. Like I, I would think it would so be. So actually the limitations and the, and the continuity and the structure that are required yeah, to be might part of it. it part yeah. And I think what, pro, I think what, I think what what Matt, I think what it was for me is that I I really wanted to work with the person mm-hmm. and you know it was a lot of things and, and filming it was so you great. Gave him more latitude than you I gave probably him a little more latitude have. and more lean way than I should have, and I think okay. I kind of let him get away with a lot more than I should have. Yeah. Um, you know, because of that. Okay, personal relationships are yeah. very, very they make yeah. things harder. Yeah. And that's the point yeah. where, like you said, you have to make that decision: Are you a filmmaker or are you a producer right now? Yeah, and that that was probably the that was probably the turning point for me where I, that and a couple of other things, which I'll gladly talk about, (laughs) um, was where that really became it because I just wanted to do my own stuff and that was it and everything like that. By the end of the series, I really became a producer where it's, where now, you know, people come to me more for producing options and everything like that. And, and it's weird because I, as much as I love writing, a lot, a lot of people in this indie world, and you know it, and and you, you've actually done this for me, man. You've come to me talking about some producing things mm-hmm. personally, and I know you have too, Lindsay. Where more than anything, more than anything else, so you know it's from doing this series that's a yeah. result of it. Where well, because you did a lot of work as a producer, more you did, you've produced more than anything else. It seems like. You know, like nutshell, more of I mean, your work yeah. has been geared towards production or towards I mean, producing. It's also part more recently. It, it, yeah. You know, unfortunately, we're defined a lot by the, our, late, our our most recent projects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it's funny. I, I say it's a nightmare, but I, in a way, I find it a good nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's a lot to get together and, and putting together the series and doing everything in terms of scheduling it and doing it, you know, in multiple ways and also balancing a full-time job at the time. It, it's in, in such a short amount of time, it, it was, it, it, it was chaotic, you know? Um, one of the best experiences that we had is, um, the episode Glossophobia, hmm. which, uh, was up for a Rondo award, which oh, wow. is what it was up for a Rondo. Award. No, no, no. Which is, uh, uh that's the is... fear of speaking in public. Okay. Um, I like bragging about my award nominations. <laughs> Every filmmaker does. Oh, yeah. Um, but, it was an episode that was written. The concept was by Debbie mm-hmm. Rashawn. She wanted to do it. She thought it was a great episode to do. And we shot that exactly 18 months after Monophobia. Mm-hmm. And that was the first episode we did before we knew anything that was going on with it. And it's 18 months later. And we're in a, a band. We're in like this old factory in Bayshore, like outside in a parking lot, this big parking lot. Nobody's there. And I have about 35 to 40 people who came on their own playing zombies that were all making up. I had three effects artists, you know, and, and it was funny because when I looked at this, I'm like, okay, how are we going to do this from a budgetary standpoint? You know, 
and I'm talking with Debbie and, and Debbie had been, and at the same time doing this was direct, was uh, directing her first feature film model hunger. Okay. And she was there, you know, she was having things going on in terms of post-production, pre-production, dealing with production people and, you know, discovering who to work with. So, you know, from, so, she basically said, because I had her down as a producer, but she said, Scott, I'm busy doing this. Can you handle all the production duties and we'll co-direct together and we'll take care of it. And I said, fine. So putting all, all the things together, it's like, all right, well, we have, okay, we have 30 extras coming. Yeah. Okay. Which is a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, um, all right. So we need to make them up as zombies. We're filming outdoors, so the weather has to be perfect. If not, you have to schedule a backup day. So it's like, all right, so we're going to film this. We have to make sure that they're available the next week after that. It's more difficult with Debbie because she's from Canada and I got to fly her in. Right. You know, so it's like, we have to make this work on this day. So it's like, if it rains, okay, we might have to get tarps. So I have to look into that. So, mm-hmm. you know, but it was like, okay, so what do we do with the extras? How do we get it going? And it was one of the first things I did on one of my first short films in Sageville as a producer. We had eight victims to play, and they all had to be made up in a certain thing. So I hired three different makeup artists to do each one so we can get there quicker. Yeah. So that's exactly what I did on this. And it was and it was interesting because they're like, how do you want the zombies to look? And I'm running around. I'm trying to do everything. And I looked at one. I said, okay, you're doing Night of the Living Dead. You're doing Dawn of the Dead. You're doing Day of the Dead. Now get to work. Call me in an hour. Right. And we, with with zombie hunters, you end up doing. We we did that plenty of times where it was like some of them were dawn of the, some of them were yeah. marrow zombies, some of them were full cheese zombies, yeah. some of them were twenty eight days later zombies. And it yeah. and it works well because it looks like and and somebody said you must have spent a fortune on that episode and mm-hmm. and we were we were so happy with it when it came out at the end of it because you know we we filmed it for two days we did this whole thing with Debbie and and David Morancic in a truck and I'm producing it all we we basically were in my when my my drive my neighbor's driveway which is my aunt and uncle we're in we're in the driveway and we're filming inside so there's like nobody around and we're filming all that in there so the next day was all the extras which you know which debbie mainly got to direct and i got to produce so it was like and that was just it was just so fun to do but it was so funny because everybody did it for free the only thing i really i didn't pay for a lot but you know i got military outfits because Mm -hmm. they're supposed to be soldiers Mm -hmm. i have a friend who works at the department of defense so he got me their sizes got me the soldiers even got me the 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 right insignias to put on for the collar so it was like all perfect we did that with ray because ray was uh ray was in the navy and he was in and he's done police work and stuff like that so uh, we we did the same thing and we we had to make sure everything was out you know it was just a great like little little nuance and Mm -hmm. and this was like and this is why having somebody like debbie who is a good right who's a good actor who's seen every aspect of indie production she was looking at this and these are notes that I didn't even know to take. So this is where it really helped and benefited. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I read a review and somebody's like, this must've cost like 20,000 to make. And you know, I'm like, I was so happy because at the end of the day, that entire episode cost me $900. Wow. So it was like, it's the know, details that it was it details. Go. It was favors. Yep. You know, it was just knowing the right people, having the right Don't be afraid resources. to ask for favors. Don't be afraid to ask. It, for yeah. Favors. It was knowing the right people. And, and, uh, and and it worked out, but that was one of the that was one of the better experiences that I had with it. But um, I kind of went into that. But the funniest thing about the whole thing was near the end of shooting, Debbie was like, "I, you know, you're really doing good in fear of." And I said, "Yeah." She's like, "You know, we started with the first one 18 months ago." And she's like, "What? How many is this?" I said, "This is the 19th episode wow. that we're filming because it was the last one that we were filming." Yeah. So it kind of bookended everything. Yeah. And she's like, "You you basically did." A short film a month. Yeah, you did one episode like you every did, three weeks. Uh, you, you did an episode, yeah, like that. And and I didn't, and I never thought of it that way. Right. And at the end of it, I'm just like, holy crap! Like, holy, I can't believe I did all that. And 
you know, and ironically, um, I guess it's a moment. I actually didn't do 19. I actually did 20 because there was an episode that was filmed that I cut. Mm-hmm. All right. Due to uh, some very unfortunate circumstances that happened, Uh-oh. you know, um, but it led, it actually led me doing, you know, I actually replaced the episode. So I wound up doing more than what I intended to do, but it cost me, uh, it cost me a lot of money and a lot of time because, uh, you know, it's when you put your trust in people sometimes and it just doesn't work out. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, that's and, and you the never, moment. You never want to feel like that. You never want to want to give yeah. up on somebody. But too. that's the moment when yeah. I really became a producer because I finally realized, you know, I need to protect myself and take care of myself in certain things. Um, you know, and that's, that's where it really came, mm-hmm. came down to, um, well, one of the things as a producer, I think you you have to think about um, what are you going to do with the final product? How are you going to yeah. get this to people? And I think one of the one of the big way, one of the easiest ways of no, well, easiest and most difficult is your casting. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you've named a couple of couple of name actors that you've worked with uh, as a producer, not a director or a writer, but as yeah. a producer. Um, what is it like working with somebody who has more experience than you? Someone like Debbie Rashawn, someone like uh, Susie Lorraine, these okay. people who've been doing this, you know, 10, 15, 20 years longer than you have, and now they're coming onto your set. What I, does I, that feel like? Okay, I'm going to. I'm and how do you, you find them on top of that beyond just casting? Because, I mean, you're not, you're not putting Susie, Su- you, you got Susie Lorraine or something or Debbie Rashawn in there. You're mm-hmm. not bringing them to a casting call and saying, hey, let me see if you, if you, if you got the chops for no, this. No, I mean, know in some what cases they can I did. Do. No, in some cases I did. Um, okay. You know, a lot of cases I just, you know, you, you just kind of look at somebody and there's somebody you want to work with. There mm-hmm. were some episodes I wrote in mind. Um, from a producing standpoint, like when this thing happened where I cut this episode, which is innocent to happen, if everybody knows me, I talk about it ad nauseum. Um, basically, we shot an episode that took place in a hotel, and the filmmaker absolutely completely trashed a hotel and left me with the bill. Mm-hmm. And I basically, he had to pay for it. Wow. And during the whole process of him telling me that he paid off the hotel, and I'm in constant contact with the hotel saying, I'm sorry this happened, because it was under my name that they did this yeah. under. Mm-hmm. Um you know, as they're telling me that, oh, they're fixing it out, I go on YouTube and I find that episode under a different name. Wow. Put up as a trailer. And, you know, it's interesting because it was the first time I had somebody sign a contract. Yeah. And God, did that help me? Because they breached it. And Mm -hmm. I said, now you have to pay for this because you broke your contract, you broke your agreement. So they basically had to go to a hotel in my my presence. Was this the episode you cut? This is the episode I cut, you know. And there was somebody who I was friends with, who I worked with a lot, who was mm-hmm. who was a part of it. This was this was his people that he put their trust in, and you know it affected every episode I had to do from there because I get a bill for two thousand dollars damage, and I don't have a lot of money doing this, and I'm trying to balance out every other episode. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do an Indiegogo campaign yeah, to just, raise that some just money cut for into it. Four episodes, and it right cut there. into everybody's. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of my one of the people who wound up doing their episode, which I'll get to with your question earlier because it's a perfect example about it mm-hmm. he was so pissed off more pissed off than I was because he's like do these two motherfuckers realize that they just destroyed everybody else's dreams with yeah. it and the one person who didn't matter was the one who was friends with him because his episode for the second season was already done right yeah. so it didn't matter to him it didn't affect him and left me with everything else and and I was like alright well first off you're out of series yeah. they're out of series and I was out two episodes because one of the people involved with the crew was, was supposed to do, do his own right. episode you know the irony of is, is that I'm at Monster Mania a month later 
and I'm talking to him on the phone very calmly mm. and basically told him I'm done with you because I've had it because this person had been in on it with me for a while. He started doing his own thing and started rubbing it in my face like I got more people for this, I got this for that and I just stood back and did nothing. Mm. He attacked all my actors and all my actresses with it as I'm filming. Wow. Like, you know, because we're posting on Facebook, I'm on set and he's like posting his little things. He's like, oh, Scott's a great guy. You know, he's a great guy. He'll give you a bagel, you know, it's a translation a like, oh, he, yeah. Like he just want, he just, he's just attracted to you and everything like that so you know he was kind of doing this and meanwhile i'm having people who i trust who tell me they're not taking a side completely ignoring it because it's like well they have more people on their thing and that's that and i'm just like you know from a producing standpoint i'm like no that's it this is my series i believe in my series mm -hmm. and i'm like i gotta do what i gotta do yeah. so i i said you're done you're done you're done all of you motherfuckers are done mm -hmm. and i'm like but what I did at a standpoint, it's like, well, I need to replace them because I promised I would have this amount of episodes. Right. I have to stick to my word. Yeah. yeah. I, I stuck to my word. Ironically, when I'm having a conversation with this motherfucker on the phone, I was having this conversation with a guy who's now my main producing partner, Tony Benedetto, who overheard the conversation and he's from Texas. And as soon as I'm done with the conversation, cause he was, he's with is Tony from Texas or Tony is, he just is from Texas. There. Okay. He's I thought he Texas. was from here and he moved. No, there. he's from Texas. Okay. He lives okay. in Texas. So totally side there. note. I was just curious. Well, him, him and Larry Carell, you know, Larry Carroll, who I'm, I'm friends mm -hmm. with, they overheard the conversation. A few other people involved within fear of heard the conversation and they, and they, and, and this is why I'm so glad that they were there when they heard it because they never heard me like that before, because and, I've always been like, the nice you guys can do whatever you want and from that moment on I'm like you guys need to stick to your fucking budgets your fucking scripts and you're gonna be on time because if you're not I'm gonna rain a whole fucking hell I'm gonna rain a firestorm on you. <laughs> and you Larry Carell has done what Jacob what? the Jacob. feature film Jacob mm -hmm. so as a result I, of it I know that he's done some yeah. good stuff so I want people to be able to look him up yeah. and know where to, know where to find uh, Jacob he just did a too. film with uh, Michael Bean and Jennifer Blanc Bean and Angus McFadden called yeah. She Rises which is yeah. really fun he's somebody that a lot of indie people should be he's a really too. cool he's a yeah. really cool dude really yeah. good guy I've been and seeing we, him at McComb Fair for years and yeah <laughs> but um as I'm talking about this and they're hearing me with it, I, you know, they hear the conversation and like, I need a drink and I don't drink. Yeah. And I went downstairs and I ordered a full bottle of scotch at like a hundred dollars <laughs> and I drank the whole fucking thing. <laughs> you know, I apologize to some people for the way I was that night. Cause I got a little, I got a little rambunctious and I'm still hearing it, but he was giving out bagels and blowjobs like uh, they were free. <laughs> uh, more like motorboats, but, um, Whoa. you know, but I feel giving bad. The women some love. It's, no, I, I really feel bad about it, but, um, um, right before I got the bottle, it actually was a bottle for celebration because not even five minutes after I told these guys they're, they're fucking fired and that's yeah. it. Uh, Tony and Larry's like, well, I'll do one. We'll go down to Texas. And I'm like, well, I've never shot outside the area. Mm -hmm. I had to write one. I had to produce one. And it's like, okay, what do you got? Yeah. He's like, we got this, we got this, we got this. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote the episode. We went down there and it was probably the best producing oh, cool. filmmaking experience that I've had nice. to date. Nice. You know, with that, and I did Sometimes that three weeks before. Mm -hmm. Three weeks before glossophobia. Right. I'm on a plane to Texas with with uh, you oh, know with so Steve, cool. but you know it just goes to show that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. But yeah. you know, and I still talk about it as a cautionary tale mm -hmm. for people because it's like you know it's hard to trust a lot of people with it because it was somebody who I trusted very well. Yeah. You know, and he kind of and it was funny because I kind of told him, you know, you're part of this too. You have a lot to do with this and you're throwing it all away because of what these two idiots did and then he just he runs away from it for like five months and then 
as soon as I put up that I'm working with Larry Carroll and Tony and I'm going down to Texas, all of a sudden he wants back in because he's like, oh, wait, he's oh, branching out. This he's doing more somewhere. things. Maybe I should stick with him. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, you phony fucking bastard. Yeah. It's just like, you just want to go with whoever's hot right now. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's ridiculous. And, you know, and I remember one of the other directors when this person was doing something and he got more money than I did for it and he's showing off his equipment and what he got. One of the other directors who did an episode that turned out very well, he was complaining to me that same day. He's like, oh, he's got all the toys, you know, how come you? And I'm like, okay, this is a friend of mine. Mm. And I told him right now, I said, you have five seconds to apologize or I'm fucking firing you right now. And he got mad. He's like, what are you getting mad at me for? And I'm like, well, I said, because first off, I'm not talking to you as a friend. I'm talking to you as your producer. And you're making me feel like absolute fucking garbage because I can't provide that for you because I'm trying to make this work for everybody. Yeah. I said, so cut that shit out. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Am I still giving you a budget? Am I still yeah. supporting you? Am I still helping you in this? Exactly. Yes, I am. And I'm like, you're, and, I, and I said, you're going to do what you have and you're going to like it because I'm going to tell you right now, your stuff is going to be better. And I said this right out. I said it right out. I said, that motherfucker, that, that guy may have all the tools and may have everything, but he also wrote the script and that guy can't even write in crayon. <laughs> so he's fucked. Wow. Okay? So let's wrangle it back in He's then. fucked let's, and he hasn't even completed his whole thing, so he's still fucked four years later. And I said, you're going to make a better, fuck, I told you I was going to get hot on this. I said, you're going to make a better film. It's going to be done and people are going to like it and you're going to accept it and that's it. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's, people, that's when people I, don't know what it's like to be a producer. I mean, unless you've yeah, walked in yeah. that producing standpoint, yeah. when you have, you to, have make to make that grown-up decision, like, and you're putting in that uncomfortable position where it's like, you know, a bunch of artists running around trying to make their vision and make the make the, the thing that's in their heads real, and yeah. they could all be creative and artist types. But it's like I'm down here in the trenches. I'm I'm the one who's having to find bathrooms and put up with this and put up yeah. with that and put up with this person's complaints. And I have to eat all this shit and smile at yeah. you at the same freaking time. It's hard. Producing is it is hard. It is. especially I mean, in indie because you're working with friends. Yes, it is. That's you know, in fear really of it was difficult. a mixture. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and there was some good and there was some bad. I mean, there was some great experiences that I had mm-hmm. with people working, and they're, they're still friends today. But in the case of a Su- of Susie and Rachel and mm-hmm. and um, and a couple of other people, you know, uh, one of the things I got um, one of the episodes I did was uh, agoraphobia that uh, my now producing partner on it, Bob uh, Robert Brymerkel, did. And when I read the script, I was like, I, I thought the script was so great. I said, you know, I'm, I think I'm going to try to get a name for you on this one, mm-hmm. you know? And the first thing I thought of is like, I know that some of the other directors are going to get pissed at me because mm-hmm. it's like, well, how come you didn't give, how come... This one got this How come I this didn't. one got it and, this, and, and I didn't? And, and immediately I said to myself, you know what? They're going to shut the fuck up because if I could have, I would have gotten her. For, I could have gotten that person for myself yeah. and yeah. I didn't. Yeah. And I said, that's what I'm going to use. If they ever complain about it, that's what I'm going to use. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Bob was a very big fan of Nightbreed, Clyde Barker's Nightbreed. Mm-hmm. And I found out that uh, local here in New York is Ann Bobby. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I contacted her. And what I didn't know was that she has a huge obsession with Twilight Zone. Huh. Okay. And I told her about the concept and the script and we wound up talking and, and she in, wanted in to see Nightbreed, how we were. She was she was the lead in Nightbreed. She was Lori. Mm-hmm. She was, uh, you know, right behind, uh, you know, Craig Sheffer. Yeah, right behind Craig Sheffer. I know who it is. Just for people who no, I know who she yeah. is. <laughs> no, but you know, for Bob, it's his favorite movie, and it was so funny because uh, there were people who were involved with In Fear of. She she appeared because the big thing at the time with the Nightbreed 
director's cut was mm-hmm. being was shown out. So she was becoming more visible again to do it. The work print that was going around. Festivals. Yeah, the work print. And a lot of people went to the work print and did and were going and they're like, you know, I see them photos with her and taking things with that. And I'm like contacting them and they're like, I can't, they're like, you, you actually asked her to be in a, And I'm like, why? Why not? No, you just, you, know? you just reached yeah. out to her. I just goal? reached out on a whim and I'm oh, wow. just like, you know, do you want to do it? And she just wrote back to me and you know, you have to be careful what you say. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny. And I love telling the story to Bob because Bob was like, I was talking to him, it was like two o'clock in the morning because I'm, I'm a night owl and apparently yeah. so is she. And I, I wrote her an email and I'm like, I told her the whole thing. And all I said is this is a, it's, it's an updated version of Twilight Zone because I love Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt and Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. And at 2.30 in the morning, I get an email back. You had me at Twilight Zone, give me a number, I'll call you. <laughs> and wow. Bob's like, she's going to call me, right? <laughs> so she called me and we talked about it. And she's like, she's like, I agree to it, but I want to make sure that you guys are all right. I want to see what you do and look at everything. But she said, but right now I'll agree to it. We'll have a meeting. We'll talk about it. Right. So Bob's like, he's like waiting the whole morning. Hmm. Right. And this is, this is where being a a dick of a producer can be fun when you have to give good news because I like being sarcastic with people. Um, And I told Bob, I said, he's like, how'd it go? How'd it go? How'd it go? And I'm like, well, I just want you to know that no matter what, I gave it my all. <laughs> okay. And I, you wanted her, you know, Slowly and he's like, and he kept on saying, he's like, well, I don't really want it. You know, we could have just gotten everybody in rehearsed because Bob loves rehearsal. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, but I want this to be, and I said, this is a really good episode. It's dialogue driven. It has a lot of good points to it. You need, this is one of those things where you can't hire friends for. You need somebody good mm. for it. And I mean that in a way like you need It's what the story called for. It's what yeah. the story called for. So I said, so I just want to let you know, I gave it my all. And, His and that's face it. is falling slowly as and you go on And he's just like, okay, I'm on the phone with him. He's like, okay, so how do you feel? He's like, you okay with that? And he goes, yeah. I said, good. Now, how do you feel that you're going to work with her? Wow. And he's just like, you son of a bitch. He's like, <laughs> and, I'm, and, and to this day, I don't even know. Like, I'm just, it's just luck. It was just one of those yeah. things. But it's like, you know, had I not experienced what I, what I had experienced up until then, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. And, she was bringing in things that, and, and she's like, Scott, you're doing this wrong. You're doing that wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was open to it. Cause I said, look, I've only been doing it like this. And she loved the concept so much. She, she actually said to me, she's like, I want to do my own episode. I'm going to license it myself. I'm going to license it out to you for your series, but I'm going to produce it. I'm going to do everything. Wow. But she's like, I just want to let you know I'm doing this. And we had a meeting. She gave me a pitch in the episode. Mm-hmm. You know, she wanted to name it something. I told her it's something else. But I'm like, but she's like, I just want to do it my, myself. She's like, I'm going to put it my own festivals and everything. But it's part of in fear of. I did this for in fear of. So I'm like, yeah, go to town. You know, go with it. And then she's putting up Indiegogo campaigns. She has Clive Barker in it. She has Neil oh, Gaiman wow. in it. You know, and, and, and they're all talking about my series. And I'm like, this is what it needed to be. Right. You know, and she made, and it's funny because I gave her leeway on it, but, and I didn't really look at the script. I didn't, I gave her freeway on everything, but mm. every meeting she had, everything, because this is the only one she was working on. I'm working on 20. Right. Yeah. So, and she knew that, but I still made it to every meeting that she had. She still kept me in a loop on everything. Right. And meanwhile, I had people who are my best friends who are, who at my time, one of my best friends who are not giving me anything, who are, who are taking it and putting it into film festivals under a different Ugh. name without telling me, you know, and listing me out as a producer. Cause they're like, well, you didn't give me enough money for this. You know, and I'm and I'm dealing with this at the same time, and I'm like, and I'm like, wow, this is what a professional does. So yeah. when I saw that one person, it's like, oh, I hope you don't mind. I said, no, it's okay. I was working with a professional on it, you know, on it, and and that really, you know, and I'm like, 
it was like, how do you react to something like yeah. that? So something you realize, like so when you work with other people like that, you realize that, 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 um, as, cause when you, when, when you're at these low budgets and things like, uh, um, and you're just starting out, yeah. um, it can be very intimidating working with someone like her who's got so much experience. Yeah. You and, know, you know, I and, mean, and, it's not just working on Nightbreed, but she, she did a lot of Broadway plays. Yeah, she, exactly. She did a lot she's, of shows. She did a lot of movies and, you know, she's been working longer a, than you've considered. Yeah. So you've even it, thought it, it about was doing movies. what we needed. Yeah. What I needed from a production standpoint to know how to work with somebody like that, you mm. know, and it was, it, it was just a great experience and, and you know I still talk to her and we still talk about a lot of things and you know and it's just it, it, and that's one of the great things about producing and putting everything together is you never know who you're going to meet with it you never know who you're going to who is going to be inspired by it you know because she was inspired so much by the amount of what I was doing and so much she wanted to do her own episode from it and she, she loved has, the idea so much and she has a short film that she's incredibly proud of and she should be yeah and it's just funny because you know I can always say you know you know she only you know the main reason why she did that is because I did this series yeah you know which some people say it's bragging and I said no it's not it's fuck it's proof yeah. that's what it is yeah but know? it's it, it's almost like um they give you a glimpse into how the professionals actually do things and it's it's funny yeah. I find that things get very muddied on the indie level. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, and I think it's it's because A, people don't A, have the experience, and B, they don't take the time to learn how it's done properly. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, I mean, we've had our, our horror stories too. I mean, we were working with another crew um, right out of my film school. And um, we helped them produce a short film, and I produced it, and he was um, camera operator on it. And we he had a, a professional DP, and it was a great you experience. You shine that camera good? <laughs> you shine that camera good? Yep, that's right. Turns it sideways, too. Okay. <laughs> Shined it up, turned it sideways. You want to see what I did with it afterwards? That's another uh, story. I, oh, I already dear. know. Um, so, yeah. I so don't do was... bagels and blowjobs. <laughs> Handjobs. <laughs> Whatever. Hand jobs. <laughs> Get it right. Um, so Hand yeah. jobs better than a real job any old day. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, we, we had a really great experience with them doing a short film. Yeah. We learned a lot. We were, got to work with a professional DP. It was um, a really interesting experience to see how a professional yeah. does things. Yeah. Um, so, we actually joined forces with them, and they were going to pursue commercial ventures. They were okay. wanting to produce commercials. And um, we had a number of, of production meetings with them, and we helped them with the pitch. And then they kind of went and did the pitch on their own, mm-hmm. which was fine. That's, that's, yeah. they, they, it's their project. Well, that's fine. It's their project. So, you know, go do the pitch. They're the ones who are going to, who are going to find the money. They're going to find every, they're, you know, they're producing yeah. it. Yes. So it's their thing. Go on out and do it yourself. Don't let mm-hmm. us muddy up your process of getting this sold. Cause obviously again, it's your project. It's your vision. You know what you want from it. Yeah. Nobody can explain it better than you. So there's no reason for us to be there. Cause usually when you have to pitch something, you got ten or fifteen minutes to boom. Here's yeah. you got to you got to you got to get it all out there, and you oh, have yeah. six people in the room trying to get all their ideas out. You're going to get nowhere. Yeah, you know. So, so uh, we have a production meeting with them after the pitch, just to you know get a idea of where we all are with this, and uh, they explain the pitch to us. It's they showed us the pitch. It's our footage. Yeah, it's the promise of our equipment. It is um, calling on all of our experience. And they literally pitched it as if they did everything. Yeah. They claimed all of our And it came to work. one of those. It's like, I, I've been there. Okay, well, wait a minute. Wait, wait. I didn't know you were using all of our stuff for this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should have been there then because you're literally selling the entire idea on our experience and our talent and our work, our equipment. Everything is based on the fact that, we, and we haven't even 
we haven't even fully agreed to yeah. doing that. I don't even know exactly what it is. You yeah. want us to We don't help. know the specifics yeah. of this. I mean, exactly. they took our footage and removed our names from it. Yeah. Yeah, that was... Into their pitch. Was, and it's uh, like, you're, they're probably going to be hiring another camera guy as well. Yeah. They're going to be hiring a professional DP. And, and that's, hiring that's, another that's exactly what happened. They started yeah. talking about, well, these, these people have a team that they work with. And I'm like, but you got your job off our footage. Yeah. yeah. So they expect you to deliver fo- footage of that quality. You're a producer and a director. You're not a cameraman. You're not a. Yeah. You don't even know the first thing about camera. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And it, I, it was. A and it was one of those things where it's like, well, you know what? For that, I might as well just pitch my own damn idea. Then mm-hmm. you're selling your stuff on mine, and we haven't even come to an agreement as to what our role is going to be. For all I know, yeah. we're just going to be helping you behind the scenes. You're going to go out and shoot it with other people based on the promises that you made of our work. Which yeah. you know what? You know what? Looking at it now, I mean, that was. 10 years yeah, ago at this point we first started it was crap work yeah. on yeah. top of that it was crap yeah, work it was, so it shows why they didn't get yeah. to sell it because I'm like yeah. Yeah, it was still crap work but, but it, it was just probably, the principle it's probably something you, you really needed to go through because mm-hmm. it just gets yes. you to that next step you know it's like yeah. people are going to fuck you people are going to screw you you know and it's going to be people you least expect it from you know yeah. this was somebody who I, I, known, I knew for a very long time who I find out that an episode that I did was playing at a film festival under a different name without my name on it. Yeah. You know, and I, and so I went to the screening, you know, and I was all positive. I was all like, and I even posted on like, oh, good for you. and I said, Hey, I'm promoting the screening of this. Cause nobody, they never promoted it. They never it? tagged you. So they never I decided to tag myself in and put everything in there. Mm-hmm. And I remember having an argument with him. And um, first time I talked to him, he's like, I paid my dues. I did, and I was being very apologetic. I was mm-hmm. dealing with some personal stuff and I was dealing with a lot of things. I just like, let me just get well, over I mean, with as this a producer, that. you, you kind of have yeah. to start from that position. You, you kind of have to start from that position. But where then, then, like, then I was in, wrong. I'm sorry that yeah. I didn't meet your expectations. Where can we go to, and come then, to that compromise? And then he's like, well, I'm the one who paid for it. So I have it. And I went, oh, okay. Hmm. Here's where we're going to have a difference. Okay. Yes, you put in money for it. Yes, I appreciate that you put in money for it. Mm-hmm. However, and this is this this is a reason why I have everything signed now because I didn't have a contract signed with him. Yes, number one, okay. first first rule: get do a contract not, signed do for not everything. Do okay. anything unless it's signed. Yes, everything. And must de- be non-disclosure agreements are your best friend. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I told him. He's like, I got you the crew. I got you the cast. You know. I got you the media coverage that, you know, and not only that, he was submitting it to film festivals on his own with people that I knew and were telling me this. So I decided to submit the series as a whole and put it in as a whole, but individually it was not getting accepted as a whole. It was, and this was the first season where I did it with two other people and I, and this is me bragging and I don't give a shit. The main reason why they were accepted at the festivals were because of the episodes I did and I produced mm-hmm. because it was my concept from the beginning and people saw that. And it was like, you know, you can't just do it on one. You need to see the whole, you know, the product right. product as a whole. But he was like, oh, you know, it's, you know, producer just handles the money. And I'm like, you know, absolutely nothing about filmmaking. And I'm like, you went to film school and you're fucking telling me this. I said, I didn't. And I'm learning on my own. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm from, you know, it's almost where I become like, a, I'm from the streets, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, you kind of get to that, but it's like, 
you know, and in dealing with that, you know, I would get so upset. And I'm dealing with this the same time as the fucking hotel bullshit. So it's like, oh my gosh. you know, and producing all and these things at the same time. I'm, I'm lucky I'm not in a else. fucking insane asylum right now. That's, that's the hardest thing about being a producer is, is that you have to keep up that, that mentality and you have yeah. to keep it going. You have to keep the positivity. And when all when everything is going to shit, you have to be the one voice where it's saying, we got this. We're going to figure this yeah. out. We can tackle this. Don't. That, that's don't, what I always said. And, and somebody, and it was funny. One guy, one actor always said it to me because it's like, it was always my, it was always my mantra. And it was like, he was going to make t-shirts. It's like, we'll make it work. Make it, it was work. like, that's yeah. all I ever said. It's like, we'll make yeah. it work. Yeah. We'll make it work. You know? <laughs> and, you know, we'll make it work. And yeah. in the end, for, for the most part, we did. We made it work. You know? It's like, you know, I mean, one episode I cut, you know, and... One episode I just couldn't do. I, I just couldn't finish. I mean, I still feel bad that I couldn't because I want to, mm-hmm. you know, but I had a choice between I can only afford ADR on, on one episode yeah. and I chose my own over yeah. it because I, I saw a better potential for it from, from a production standpoint, mm-hmm. which worked out because the person mainly involved with it is now my production partner on a feature I'm putting together. Yeah. So for me, best decision I made. Yeah. So now that the okay the series is done, it's uh, almost you finished it. What two years ago? Almost uh, three. Okay, well, it was released like three years ago. And uh, yes, I've I've only done one short film since then. A couple of little well, things. That's but. you know that's fine. It sounds like you pretty much burned yourself. Yeah, out. You had to I did. A by the bit. time I did, I did my short film once when I was dead, and by the time we were, I was on set with that, as great of, a, of an experience it was, and you know there were a couple people who worked on a few of fear of episodes with me. I think we were all tired of seeing each other mm-hmm. at that point. That happens. We were all we were all excited. We were all happy, but it was like we knew we needed a break. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that was one because well, again, you're working with friends. You know, yeah, they're, they're, and, they're and that, friends, that, that so. shit was interesting because we were working with friends, and that was by the point where I became a full blown producer. So I was not looking to be friends with everybody at the time. You know, this was something I wanted to get done. It was a very personal script to me. So I'm like, we got to get mm-hmm. this done right fucking now. And there were a few people who were friends of mine who had never seen me on a film set before. Back. Yeah. This is the first time they see me on it. And I, even a few months ago, it was like, uh, you know, she kept on telling me she was an art consultant on it. And she's like, you were such an asshole on set. And I always apologized yeah. for like two and a half years. I was apologizing. Mm-hmm. And then finally, she's like, you were, you know, you really were an asshole on set. And then finally I said, you know what? I needed to be yeah. because we were working on you rules Ooh. okay because we had SAG actors and that Ooh. you have to work union rules well, let's on let's talk that. about that then let's okay. talk yeah, about that that's then. a, that's yes. a topic. well let's talk about that yes. uh, when you get this again it goes back to uh, to working with people more experienced now you're mm-hmm. talking about SAG yeah. as a producer from the producer's standpoint um, what what exactly what types of things do you have to meet on set, if you're going to have a SAG actor, what are the well? It's changed now, guidelines? but at the time uh, we were a little bit lucky because there was uh, since we were doing this as a web series, mm-hmm. um, we had they just came out with a form SAG New Media, yeah, yeah, you know, I remember which, that. which you have to go to sit, you have to learn everything on it. You yes. have to do it was like a crash yeah. course for me. Mm-hmm. Where would you learn? Where would you get these sorts of things? SAGAFTRA.com okay. org. Yeah. Something like that. It's been a while. Go there. And they, I, I, they weren't merged yet no, when I no, did this. It's still sag. I, that I released them three years ago. This was four years ago, yeah, and I had to do them for separate episodes. That merger. You know, you have to send them the script. You have to tell. You have to do the. You know, you have to have a shift schedule. You have mm-hmm. to tell them how much they're getting paid, mm-hmm. how many hours they're working. You have to have a timesheet with them, and it's mainly just for them, and that's it. Yeah. You know, so you have to put that in. Um, now, did you have to get a signatory status for this? Yes. 
And what's what's the process for signatory status? Well, it was just filling it in. It's a little sketchy for me because mm-hmm. this was during a period I was doing a lot. But I nonetheless, the, yeah. What's know, for, what's the basic process for becoming a signatory? Well, for for say for for the new media, you, you kind of did, but you kind of didn't. It was, they were a little bit more lenient towards mm-hmm. it. Um, but you basically had to prove that you were making a legit, a legit film. You had to show them this is a legit project. You had to show them that they're interested. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to get everything from from them as well you know you have to get their information their social security numbers their sag if they have id numbers you have to give you know you have to get that and you need to tell them exactly what days you're working for you have to do you know backup days you're working for this actually was one of the reasons this this is one of the reasons why when i had the choice to do adr for two films why i chose one over the other because the one that i wound up doing was contracted by sag members and by the by the actual contract that they have because you have to have a SAG contract yeah. they are required to do at least one day of ADR work right okay okay so that saved me and that was the reason why I was able to do that one um, thinking from a producer standpoint I had to think yeah. that not yeah. personally this is the one that you yeah they're, yeah. they're the required to do it required so to do, do it. it regardless of they how much you pay argue. them they're required to do that yeah. so you have to prove that you're legit you're doing it and then you have to either send a script I remember I had to send a script and mm-hmm. when it was all said and done I had to send timestamps mm-hmm. I had to send I believe I also had to send the finished product okay you know, so they can see that it's complete so they can see that it's complete and mm-hmm. they, they want it you know you gotta have signatures you gotta have everything with now, it to best of my knowledge um, because uh, uh, I know that there's a lot involved in the SAG process yeah there's there a lot is. involved um you are, are it's, again, I haven't done it myself and I know some people who have and some people who haven't but everybody has yeah. their own little um you are assigned because again, I, I'm sorry. I want to precursor this. It's again, it's intimidating for mm-hmm. a lot of people who are just moving into this. Oh, it was, so it was extremely intimidating <laughs> yeah. when I got it's into it. It's a very intimidating because, uh, thing because you're talking about unions here. Yeah. You're talking about legalities. You're talking about lots of contracts, and this yeah. this can be the type of thing where it could make or break your film. Whether you're yeah. ready to handle this now. Now, the one so, thing is, if you do get an actor who was SAG and you're doing like a low budget film use and a lot of people make this mistake you know and it's like as a producer and the producer is the one who has to take care of it you know it's like okay well they're the only SAG actor I don't need to fill it out no you need to contact them because you need to get a waiver yes Mm -hmm. you know and and you know what does the waiver do the waiver allows the the actor to work basically it gives them a way that they can work on the project Mm -hmm. where it you know, it won't, basically they don't have to put their SAG benefits or what they have with them in it. Right. It's more of a detriment to the actor than it is the producer. Mm-hmm. It saves the producer, it helps the actor work, but the one thing is that, and the reason why SAG, they'll do it, but the chances of them approving it are slimmer than most is because as a result of signing a waiver, they they won't get residuals. Yeah, they're not yeah. getting from their any fees, distribution yeah. from yeah, it. That's what getting- the waiver does. So, you know, it's easier when you do a web series because you're doing a web series for free content and that's it. So yeah. it was a little bit easier for me. And once I found out I can do that, it set the motion for, for putting that in. Yeah. Now, you know. now to add a little footnote to that is if you change the format. Like if, yeah, like still, I'm like actually still said. learning that because yeah. Uh, yeah. I, st- I would probably still have, to, I would have to go in and change you it. go through yeah. this again. Yeah. I would have you to go said through you want it to take again and do four it. or five episodes and turn it in and cut them together into a feature, which I'll, you know, I'll be honest. I have, 
Uh, no, but I know. You, that's fine. I, I have, have it in fear but you haven't it, done anything. But I have to do it. You I, did that. Now you yeah. have to go through the process all over again. You have to reclassify yeah. all of those. And now they are going to add on to what the residuals will be for mm -hmm. those actors. Because yes. you agreed to do it for this. Well, you're going to change that agreement. Well, now you have to get a whole new agreement. Exactly. And they get back in percentages <laughs> or, or you know, now you got to pay the union fees or the dues or have, whatever. You have just hit the main reason because I've had a lot of people ask me to put them together as an anthology feature. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, last year I did, and I did but shop you didn't it around. Do anything. I didn't oh, do did. anything. I did shop it around to right. distribution. Okay, and I got rejected on every angle. Well, and let's I'm going to tell you right thing. now that is the reason why. Hmm. Um, well, let's get into that then, because I know I know that for a little while you were. Um, I'll I'll also interrupt. It's also the main reason why I didn't pursue it any further. Yeah. Because it's as an anthology, a whole new bunch of paperwork and everything yeah. to fill in. A whole as bunch a of bookkeeping and then now oh, you okay. were you were pitching you were going around with the series pitching it as a series as well. Yes. What what's the process you went through for that as far as uh, meeting with um, producers and uh, 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 are you talking about the web series that the, I did? as a series? Yes. Okay. When you're pitching it as a series, trying to get funding or production behind it or distribution behind it, what is the process you went through in? trying Trying to get it out to the world beyond your Vimeo page. Okay. Um, well, we're still ongoing with this. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Again, you don't have to. You don't have to drop any names or anything. Just what is what is the general no, process? I mean, I, I will through? say this: we've had you know we've had discussions with a few networks already about it. I mean, I can say that. I can't say which ones. That's fine. That's you fine. Know, but we've totally had some very interesting conversations with it. You know, one case since um, we weren't as well experienced as it, we hired. We did hire somebody. Uh, to go to American Film Market to pitch it for us. Mm -hmm. um, the good with that is that, yes, the person knew a little bit more than what we were knowing. The bad part is that the person would rather spend the time pitching his own shit. Yeah. You know, um, we did contact one who wanted to change the format up a little bit, and there were some discussions that were going on, but, you know, it's just nothing happened as a result yeah. of it. And, you know, we had another conversation where we, we actually, we were pretty close, mm -hmm. and we were talking about, um, you know, what, what we did was at that point, was we put together a pitch package okay. for a series where that's what I that's what I'd like to get into. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I mean. What is this like step by step? You going through you get making your pitch thing, you're going to AFM. How do you get how do you get time at AFM? Uh what is Oh I'm still what, learning that. Well that's okay. that, this is yeah I'm what, still learning because I might go this, this year so I'm okay. learning it. Okay. You, there's there's a lot you have to go with what it. is the process you gotta go now, through to get AFM into I, I will say for a television series AFM, since we're pitching it as a television AFM, series. For those who don't know a, is, AFM is the American film market. Mm -hmm. I'm interrupting you because yes, you know, go ahead. um basically it's for anybody with a film with a concept um, it's the film market for distributors all around the world where if you have a, a uh, what I like to call proof of concept alright mm -hmm. well actually it's the that's not what I like to call it. it's a fucking industry term. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you have a proof of concept, even if you have a completed film, you take it to the market, you either have a screening, if you have like a one sheet, you have a script, you have a synopsis, you basically send it there in hopes of finding investors or distribution. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, AFM is for film. We've gone to AFM. Mm -hmm. There is a, um, I know the initials, but I don't exactly know the full name of it because this is Tony's yeah. <laughs> main thing. <laughs> so he's been handling it and I haven't. My brain's kind of, but it's called NAPTE, N-A-P-T-E, and it's yeah. held in Florida every January. That is the AFM for television. Yeah. 
All right. You, you, I think you sound like you heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. But just say I'm you have. Just nod your head. Name. Just yes. nod your head and I've say you have. I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like National Association of Prime. Oh, National of, of, of Television. Prime and Time Television Entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Like there that. you go. Something okay. like that. But it's NAPTE. N A P T E. That is mainly the AFM for television, TV and, and that's the one place that we haven't gone that we sh- that we. Ab- want to go absolutely need to go yeah you know so the first thing we have is we have a you know we made a pitch package now for an anthology it's interesting because you know we have the producers so we have to put down what the series what the what the whole thing is about we do an introduction you know we do a uh we, little bios of ourselves you know mm-hmm. talk about how great we are you know <laughs> um you have to you oh know? yeah that's you that's sell, you trip. have to sell yourself as part of it you know, but there's an element that we added to the TV series that we didn't put in the web series that we put in that is kind of like the glue that holds everything together. So we have to make that like an important part of it. Mm-hmm. And then we don't write the scripts for it, but we write little synopses of each episode that we want right. to do. But the one thing we said is like, you know, the, it, the possibilities are endless. And it's important to do that from a production standpoint because, you know, as showrunners and as people want to get it together, you know, we want to produce it. But the odds are, um, you know, the odds are, even though I created it, the odds on me producing it, if it gets picked up by a network, are virtually nil. Yeah, because they're going to want their own people for it, and they're going to they want to experience people they're that they trust. They're going to buy the concept from you. They're going to buy the concept more from or less. You. you know, the good thing for me is I'm I'm credited as a creator, so they'll never yeah. take that title away from me. Yeah, um, you know, but it's one of those things where, um, you know, they're going to have their own people on it, and they're going to do it. The interesting thing about it. And I actually had a conversation with with somebody about it, about writing for television because he wants to become a TV writer. And he's like, you know, everybody's saying I don't have the experience. And I, and I kind of told him, I said, yeah, you know, I kind of wish I had the experience myself. And then after I talked to him, I realized, wait a minute, I just did a web series in 18 months doing everything. That was a, that was a showrunner. Mm-hmm. I have experience doing it. Yeah. You know, so it's like I, that is I mean, it's a different way of doing it. But I know the the pratfalls and the situations of doing it all so it's like i do have that under my belt so you know as i'm moving forward it's like you know i think i can present myself in that way a little bit better Mm -hmm. you know instead of just being like oh i'll just let the other person do it but if it comes to the point where they're going to offer me a lot of money and say we just want to do it ourselves here's some you know as i have to say go to fuck away money Mm -hmm. um fine you know but but i think i think there's there's also an indie mindset where you have to shed yeah where it's indies are like you're only as good as what people have seen. And if people haven't seen it, you haven't done it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, more professionals have been on a number of projects that just didn't get finished off. Yeah. I mean, you know, I will say this because I, I've, I've learned from experience and from, I know from people who work on television Mm -hmm. and who have helped me with certain things. As soon as they get on a, as soon as they get on a main set, um, as soon as they get on like a main set, the difference is night and day, you know, and it's like the pratfalls that we have as indie artists will they'll still be there. Yeah. But the headaches will always be there. Oh yeah. The solutions will be a lot better mm-hmm. to handle. You know? So it's it's actually better to to learn everything from this standpoint before you move on. Right. So I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, television people and people who are in the industry I think are a lot more forgiving an understanding of well the project just didn't get done it just didn't get up yeah it's it a business it didn't make it it didn't make yeah. it it's a business there's really you know I mean there's a lot of friendships that result of it but when you see them it's all business yeah you know which which is very healthy and it's very good and and, and if you don't want to achieve to get to that then what the fuck is your point yeah you know and it's like that with film mm-hmm. you know it's like you know we wear many hats on film you know for a producer I think a producer has a better shot at 
a, a producer alone might have a better shot at making it than anybody else because they've dealt with all the pratfalls, all the pitfalls, all the nuances, all the egos. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, you know, and there's a lot of egos from every standpoint on indie film because everybody wants to get their vision done. And the one thing I learned within, within fear of and a lot of other things is you got to get the right people because you got so many people who are looking to sabotage it for their own personal demo reel yeah. that it gets fucking sickening after a while. Yeah. It's well, like, I mean, and you're, you're unfortunately the, the adult on set when you're the producer where, you know, everybody wants, everybody, I mean, no, it's human nature to be out for yourself. It, it is. is absolutely human There's nothing nature. wrong with that. No, I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad it. thing if you want to do it, but there's a right way and a wrong way to yes. do it. Yes. Mm. You know, it's like when I hear people telling me, oh, Scott, you're selfish. Of course I'm fucking selfish. I want to make fucking big on this. And for, thir- you know, I'm, I'm 39. For 36 years, I've always apologized for that and always thinking, oh, it's something wrong with me. And now you look at everybody around me who's doing the same exact thing. And it's like, oh, and it kind of dawned on me. It's like, okay, some of you don't want, they want, you want me to think that way because you want to take what I want to get too. Yes. So you're putting that in my head and you're just like, okay, well, if he, he's going to produce well, you know, he produced this great series. That's great. But you know what? We're just going to make it, knock him down a peg so we can produce something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'll be honest. I say, good luck doing what you, what I did yeah. because you're not going to finish. Oh, I, I actually have a book. I was showing off to uh, Anthony Curry the other week when he stopped by. I have a book right there. The end development book. That is every project <laughs> that I have killed. It is every project that somebody's come to me and they have big dreams and big Oh, talk. I've killed a few in fear of episodes. I mean, if I, with the, all the, I, I mean, I've only made 20. Yeah. I have had, I, I I've actually kept count. Hmm? Probably I've been pitched about 300 times. Wow. From different people all over the place. That's, that's Some do it in the middle of my screenings. Oh my God. That's that's a way not to do things. Exactly. And <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you're not doing it, but but some do it's it. It's funny what we did the other day at the screening. Um uh, uh it was uh maybe maybe was it maybe twenty people in the room uh at, at, at Nears when yeah. we screened there. Standing room only. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, no, no. There were plenty of seats. Um, uh, our, uh, we were screening Sleepless and in, in Au Pair, and Angie came out. And it was our actress in Au Pair. She's also writer, director, Angie Hansen. Um, she brought one of her makeup really artist good. friends. Oh, yeah. she is. She's, she's really, really good. good. I, just, I just met her recently. She's yeah. really cool. Um, she brought one of her makeup artist friends. Uh, effects artists, yes. whatever. Effects artist friends and her, per, and her the guy her who's, DP. who's DPing for her new for her new project uh, and we're all sitting at the table and finally we got to our we got to our short uh, that she's that she's in and we're all sitting watching and halfway through it her effects just watching this her effects artist turns around and just hands me his card <laughs> like just right in the middle of it like all we did was say hello and I, I yeah. didn't even know his name he yeah. just watched it and turned around and went like here's my yeah. card my call favorite, me yeah my favorite memory <laughs> is that one film festival they actually moved to my screening the screening of we played five episodes I'm in fear of mm-hmm. and they moved it from one like it was in a hotel but mm-hmm. they had like from a, one room, ballroom. Yeah. so they moved yeah. it from one room to another and there was like stairs Mm-hmm. So I just look and I'm standing on the stairs. First off, I'm upset that they're moving it because I'm yeah. like, what the fuck's going on? I feel bad. I think for I was there for that. that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm just standing there and all of a sudden I just see this mound of like 150 or 200 yeah, people uh-huh. just all getting up the stairs and in unison. And I'm just like, 
this can't be all for me, mm-hmm. you know? And it was, that, that was cool. I mean, it was we, like, and then that um, happened to us with, uh, with data States when they did the second screening of a cop fair, they moved it from one room to another because yeah. it's on a hard drive. Which I sat, I sat yeah. through it. Yes, yeah. But before you even got to and that point, could, could, yeah, just tell Thomas Norman, I, uh, Tom, Thomas Norman, Thomas I'm sorry, Norman. Thomas Ryan, <laughs> Thomas Norman directed toxophobia <laughs> and I have a story with him. So I was thinking about that. Great, great guy. <laughs> tell Thomas Ryan, I actually sat through the whole thing. We got like an ongoing thing. Cause, uh, I left his movie to watch something else and he got mad. So I promised him that I would sit through it. And he went out and he was sitting next to me. And when Theta States came on, yeah. and um, he went out. And then two minutes later, I said, I'm, I'm going to follow him out. <laughs> and I followed him out. And he just looks at me. He's like, You motherfucker. <laughs> and I, just went, I knew I get you. He's like, You're going to sit through the whole movie. I said, I'm going to get a copy from Manny anyway. <laughs> you know? But I sat through the whole thing. You know? Well, that's because it's our movie, not Tom Ryan's. My review Sorry, of Theta States is it kept me awake. Anyway. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, it was a really good film. I was very happy. But one of the things as a producer that I've said to a million people, and I'm sure you have too in your own way, is uh, when I'm talking to a director and they send me a script and I'm breaking it down and I'm coming up with a budget for them, you know, I, my, my voice is always, I'm not here to say no to you. I'm not here to say that you can't do this, you can't do that. I'm here to tell you, if you do this, then you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot I've of people like that. don't understand mm-hmm. the difference. Well, there was one incident. There was one incident with uh, one episode um, where there was a complicated effect shot, mm-hmm. and it was being done at the end of the day, and we only had a two day shoot. But the location could be used any time. Right. So it was a uh, it was like a gunshot wound. It had to look pretty good, and it was like two. But it has all the, the tubing that's going to come. That's yeah, it's going to take tubing and everything like that. And finally, and everybody's like dead tired, and they're all like yeah. this and that. And the rest of the film is done. Mm-hmm. So finally, I just went, "All right, guys, listen." Um, this is a very complicated shot. You know, I, I basically, well, before I did that, I kind of went to the, the director privately. And I said, you know, you have access to this every day, you know, because mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons yeah. why it costs a little. He's like, yeah, you know, and I said, well, would you have any, you know, I said, look, I know we have a certain amount of money for it. We've already paid for the tubing. We've paid for everything else. It's not going to cost anything extra to bring everybody back here because it's all of our equipment. We already have everything paid. There's, why don't we just come in, film that huh. next weekend? Yeah. Right. Next day we're available. When we're all clear headed. Yeah. We're all make clear headed and really do it. Good. And at first he's like, Oh, I want to finish it. We're almost done. It's a great thing. I'm like, yeah. dude, I said, listen to me. And I know this is somebody who never had another producer other than himself before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, listen, people are tired. Yeah. You get 20 You're people not sitting going to get the effect you want. Yeah. yeah. I said, I want, I said, I even told him, I said, you're doing a very good job so far. Mm-hmm. I said, but I'm telling you right now, if this looks like crap, the entire production is going to look yeah, like crap. It's, just, yeah. it's a very important Wait shot. it out, get a week. So I finally, so I got everybody in and they were, and he was ready to do it. And I said, nope, we're done. We're shutting it down. We're doing it next week. Yeah. We've done you know? that a couple of times. We've yeah. gotten to a point where it's like, you know what? We only have these two more things to do and everybody yeah. is exhausted mm-hmm. and everybody's tired. It's three o'clock in the morning. All right, everybody get together here. Yeah. What do you want to do? Is everybody want to press on and finish yeah, or and do we want we to come to, back on another yeah. day? How, and, and because it's one of those things where, yeah, you know what? It may be, it may, it may not cost you anything extra to do it, but it also costs people time. Mm-hmm. And you, and, and some people consider that like they'd rather just press on and let's keep doing going yeah. or, Go towards it. Now, I'm not talking about anything like an effect shot. When it comes to us doing effect shots, effect we try shot, to do effect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we you need to do it another day. We try There's to no do separate days it. for just yeah. effects. Yeah. Like yeah. even even if it's three effects through the course of two two or three long scenes, we'll try to do all the effects in one day and then do all the dialogue on another because 
because you get all the dialogue going and then you get into an effects and we're standing around for two hours waiting for this thing to be applied and then we got to shoot yeah. it twice, shoot it once, then clean it up, shoot it again, shoot, clean it up, shoot, and you got three hours for one effect. Mm-hmm. And everybody just gets tired because suddenly now they've all stopped. You got three, four actors sitting in the room who's just stopping and they can't do yeah. anything. So it's easier to just bring those people you need the back. Small just, crew back. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like in Theta we did that. We we did the the, the the scene with Tom with Tom Cole in the end. Yeah. That was an entire separate day of mm-hmm. just that. Yep. Yeah. That it needed to did. be because yeah. yeah. Just that because I just need that. and we had an, we we had we had a, uh, a, a we had a, a a life cast made for him mm-hmm. and a whole yeah. fake head for the whole you know we shot that we shot that here yeah the head itself we set it up right here in this room we it put was a tarps close up. it was a close yeah. up you didn't need we to put see tarps down this, this is a mansion in Beverly Hills <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, in this know. tiny little ten by ten room that bullshit we're sitting it's in. a mansion <laughs> we put we put oh, because the 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 uh, the scene itself. Uh, in the room was a, the room and the location was a white wall, so I put a white sheet up right here, mm-hmm. and we put the we put a picture of the shot on the on the computer screen, and we matched all the lights, so all yeah. the shadows looked good and everything. Yeah. And it took us three hours just to get that just to one get the lighting thing. right. But because of that, our effects artist could stand here and do it over and over and over again. Yeah. And we we put three cameras on it, and I think we did it in four takes. We mm-hmm. did four different takes yeah. of this one effect because we had all the time in the worked. world to do it. We didn't even need the actor here to do it because we'd already yeah. shot his. We had his life cast. Yeah, what do we need we, him? Yeah, we already shot his close-ups of his action. Now we yeah. just needed the effect, the close-ups of the effect, and we sat here for hours and did it, and it looks great. And yeah. it's so funny because like the, and the it makeup goes in artist seamlessly. Yeah. The now, makeup artist had. He yeah. had his mindset in two different ways where he was kind of sad because one of the things makeup artists like to do is they like to wow the crowd. Yeah. They're all a little bit of showmen, so I, they I, like to people to see it. And yeah. then the other thing is he likes time. Now, yeah. one aspect of, product, of of a producer's job that gets so overlooked by a lot of indie people is that you still have to wear your producer's hat during post-production. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, because I want to talk about that a little bit. Because yeah, let's move into post-production. Doing it on set is one Go thing. Mm-hmm. When, when in fear of when you're dealing with a lot of people and they're doing their episodes... And post, it's a little bit different. Oh, that's a I, whole beast I can't even it, imagine. It, it I is. have and enough fights with him. You, you, have to keep your direct, you have to keep your producing hat on all of them because, yes. again, there's a certain way they have to be and they have to do and they have to look. Yeah. And, and it's kind of easy with us too. Well, not easy, but as many back and forth as we get into, I do still understand the producing aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. I understand having to look at my film as, as a producer too. You know, because as, as, a, as, as a writer, director, you look at the aesthetic part. As a producer, yeah. you're looking at, okay, is this on length is this on is this the time is this we hitting, need? You know, the beats that we talked yeah. about yeah. writing yeah, yeah. It, it's does it meet the beats we have but also is everything making sense and is everything yeah. at the time that we said it was going to be is everything yeah. going to what yeah. we said time it was limit going to be? is huge because yeah. oh my god the directors and the cameramen they fall in love with their footage yeah. oh and it's and like and it's I've like you're taking that. a child from them and then there's somebody <laughs> really there's is. somebody who was like oh well this is one cut i did i have your cut and i have my director's cut and i have you know but he's like if you make any suggestions i'll call it the producer's cut and i'm like dude you, you get one just, cut. Is, just, just one. give me one fucking cut and that's it yeah get it done and i'm like now what helped is that i edited a lot of them myself even the ones i didn't mm-hmm. um you were over the shoulder i was over the shoulder yeah. on, on a lot of them and and even those because in the end I, you still have a product to yeah. to produce yeah. you still have to get a product out there that's going to match with everything else you've done yeah as much well, as you want to bring about, out that director's yeah. vision it's gotta but when fit. I, in the screen and when we were talking screenwriting the one episode i did where the guy put the music where he had the music written before the film and he's editing it to it and i told him 
I told him, you know, you need to cut a minute out of it. And he just refused uh-huh. and it suffered as a result. You know, I kind of was a little bit lenient towards that in season one. When it came to season two, I was a little bit more cutthroat on it. Yeah. You know, I remember looking at, there's one episode, I'm not going to say what it, what it is, but I was a little disappointed in the pacing of it because, um, you know, I, I let somebody handle the reins of it a little bit too much. And when it became a mess, because, uh, you know, I found out in post-production that, you know, him and the director had a falling out and they're not talking to each other. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, I didn't want to make it a burden on you. I said, well, I'm the series creator. You have to come with me anyway. I didn't, and I said, you don't need to come. I said, you don't need to come to me as a friend. I said, you need to come to me as a producer. Yeah. All right. Because it's not friendship here. This is business. I said, and right now by doing it, you just fucked up my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I looked at it and he, you know, the director wasn't happy with the music and he wasn't happy with this and that. And I had a composer I knew and I just told him flat out, you're working you're working with this composer, you're getting the music done, and that's it. And I understand you, as a friend, you're like, oh, I don't want you to overdo a lot as a friend. Yeah. I said, you know, at the end of the day, the series rides on me. Yeah. All right, I'm the creator, I'm the showrunner. And I made it so that if anything did happen with it, that it would only that it would mainly fall on me. So, mm-hmm. you know, even the ones who say, oh, Scott did this, Scott did that, I protected a lot of you by doing it, and I'm struggling a lot personally right now. So all of you can have what you wanted with it. And if yeah. and some expressed disappointment, and I remember someone was like, oh, I wish I could do it better. I basically told him flat out to his face go fuck yourself yeah. you know with everything it did and and you know and even in post I dealt with a lot you know you know in terms of promotion and marketing and and it's like a lot of indie people think that the producer is the one who's going to market and, and promote everything and they don't have to do a thing and it's like no it's not true you need to help with it because what people need to see is a, is a, is a sense of unity mm-hmm. you know if you don't have that people are not going to give a shit yeah yeah, yeah. if you if you you're know? not showing that there's a belief in the project and the people still enjoy the projects then then why does anybody else out in the world want to yeah I mean you know during one episode, you know, the uh, director and his main actor were dating and they broke up mm. right in the time when I'm promoting it. And I have to deal with, uh, you know, Being I, in between I, that and I have to play marriage counselor, which lasted all five seconds because I basically told the Lord, I said, I can give two flying fucks yeah. what you two think about you your marriage. I don't give a shit. Get what are you going to do for the series? Yeah. Because right now you have a product that I am selling, that I am trying to sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And, I, already, and a lot of you the guys decide to do this here. now, you know. And you got to get to a point where it's like, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't do this to fuck you over. And I'm like, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is that I still need to do something with this. Yeah. You know, and, and there were a lot of that. There was a yeah. lot of that within the in the crowd. There was a lot of people involved with the episodes that stopped talking to each other, including me with a few other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I locked one person out of their episode and, and did it all myself. And, you know, he took all the credit when he got praised for it. So, yeah. you know, I'm like, whatever. You know, it's still my series. And uh, so, on everything that you've learned from it, from that, from the entire experience, filmmaking sucks. <laughs> no, seriously. Would you do but you another? Love it anyway. Would you do another series? I would not in the way I did it mm-hmm. like that, but I would definitely do one. Um, as I said, we're we're trying. I'm trying to get in fear of the television. You know, it's a very yeah. it's a very but hard thing to do. But like you but said, that's going to be more the kind of thing where you would sell the idea to a company and just. Be, I would. I mean, you know, there's some creative. ideas. Yeah, there's some ideas I have that I think would probably fit better in an mm-hmm. episodic format, and yeah. it would probably be good to do something like that where it's mm-hmm. ongoing and and you know, I mean, I definitely wouldn't rule it out. I don't know if I would do it the way I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, as in, as in what? In terms of doing it on an indie scale. Well, some of the things you can't. Yeah, okay. So some you know, of the things like, you can't control. But what 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 would you do differently? Like, if you go back to in fear of right now, what would you do differently? What would you wait on? What would you? Um, okay. Well, the first thing I would have done is the second season was fourteen episodes. We released thirteen. I would have cut that number to ten. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Um, all right. So you would trim. Manageable. So you'd trim it down. So I this way it it's not as big of a project. And yeah. It's able, when, you when can focus the a thing bit happened, better. you know, with the hotel thing and all that shit happened, you know, I was out two episodes and I replaced them with two. Yeah. The difficult thing is it's weird because I probably would have just said that's it and just worked with less episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, the two that resulted from it were two of the best experiences of my life. So it's hard for me to say that. Yeah. Um, well, like you say, you take the good with the bad. Yeah, you so you that's the definitely the taking the, the good yeah. with the bad. So know? one thing you would do is do less episodes. I would, that would be I would one probably thing for in fear of I would probably do less episodes for it. I mean, we had talked about maybe doing a back to basics approach with the season mm-hmm. one and just do like uh, five to ten minute episodes. Yeah. But you know, when well, what about um, would you still go with multiple directors or would you rather just stick with directing it yourself? Because um, I know that a lot of the directors wrote their own. Yeah, they did. I mean, well. you know, like you I know? said, it was hit and miss on a lot of them. I think for the majority it was. There was just a couple of instances yeah. where I think uh, there was a little bit too much leeway yeah. given. Well, again, um, if I were to do it, if I were to do it that way, I would hire a team of writers, just get the concept and just mm-hmm. hire different directors to do it and different writers to do it. Okay. I would I would probably, and, and this is no offense to the people I've worked with, um, it's just a position I'm in life right now is if I were to do it again as a web series, I would treat it like a professional TV series. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. It would be more into that regard. Uh, one question I have based on that, that based on that, uh, you have the directors, a lot of these directors wrote their own episodes. Yes. Um, what's the type of agreement that you come to with them when it comes to uh, licensing the story? Like what are the, what are some of the details of the agreement that like you, okay, you're the producer now, well, how they're the writer. It, yeah. How we did it was that it was the episode would be property of Inferior, but it would always be theirs. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that, you know, it, you know, it was written for the standpoint of Inferior, of, but you know, as far as like the original concept, it would always be theirs. You so know, they would like, still own the, the, they would own the script. The script. Itself. They would own the script. Like Are the they, script would be them. The film itself would be property of Inferior of LLC. Okay. Now, as so. far as um, the script itself, and again, they're writing the script, it's, it's their story. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about that delicate dance of what if they, they still own the script, right? Mm-hmm. What if they decide that they want to do another version of it themselves now? They, need permission, th- they do need permission from me to do it. Um, all they have like to do is ask and shoot their yes. own. Shoot their all own. To, yeah, but I'm I'm so I'm well. That's easy well, with but it. that well, then, yeah. but that's that's you easy going and everything. But how do you come? How, how how would you put that in writing? Well, if it was me, I just say you know. How did you put it in writing? I basically had a, a formal director's agreement that you know it would be property of inferior of. They had a certain amount of budget to go through. If they went mm-hmm. past the budget or if they went against the guidelines of what was made for the series, it would be breach of contract. And okay, so so then technically they don't the they don't actually own the script themselves. Then you do. In, in a way, I do. I own the final film. Like yeah. In fear, in, let me put it this way: in fear of owns the final film. Mm-hmm. All right, but even when you put it into copyright, you have to credit them as the author. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's well, that's what I mean. The author. Like, that's what like, they say. In, like when we talk about like Stephen King writes a story, he owns yeah. the story itself. The story, Some, somebody it, licenses still, the rights. Yeah. Now, how does how does somebody else go about making the same making another film off of the same story? See, see that's for that I mean, with the licensing, how does, see, how does that do licensing that? work? Okay. See, this is this is a great lesson from Anne because mm-hmm. this is where I learned it from because with Anne I signed a licensing agreement mm-hmm. for Inferior for her mm-hmm. episode to be part of Inferior of had I known it at the time and probably had a directors I know and hired it at the time I would have done that instead mm-hmm. where it would have been a licensing licensing deal I mean you know one in particular just started selling this episode without telling me mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it was out of maliciousness I just don't think he knew any better Yeah. Um, so I couldn't get mad at it um, I mean, I'm, but I'm, you had I'm to annoyed. Stop it regardless. So I'm a little annoyed, but I had to stop it because I had to tell him. I said, and he, but he did ask me, can I sell it? And I said, no. And then I found out he was selling it anyway. Yeah. And I'm like, 
and and then it's a matter of how far do you want to chase this legal? I could sue. I, I could yeah. if I wanted to, but, but um, I just choose not to because yeah. it's, it's a, it's not worth it, and mm-hmm. and b, kind of moving forward, I I'm. You, you want know, to move well, on from the experience. It's going to become to complicated with. if I do sell it because the web series won't be part of that. Yeah. You know, so a lot of these directors who are like that, they're going to have to realize that their episodes are part of that property mm-hmm. as well. So if some so if some production company were to buy the mm-hmm. idea from you, they're probably going to end up buying all these stories as well. Yes. And you know. which means that then this production company that now owns all these stories can go and reshoot it themselves as they well. They could. I could actually reshoot it myself if I wanted to as well. Yeah. Well, because you own the you own yeah. the rights to do it. So well, now who owns the footage? Me. You own the footage. So and you actually, fear of dust. So you, because you paid for it. Because you paid, paid for, for it. it. Yeah. So now, did you actually collect all of the footage and not allow people to keep it? I did. The incident with the hotel room is they never gave me the footage. Hmm. Okay. So that's how they okay. were able to... Sneak their way. So minus one thing, you have all the footage and the original and the directors, writers, all the people who yeah. made them don't have anything of it. So so basically you keep everything and they're not... I keep everything, but you he know, has I mean... The, he has the film, they have the concept. Yeah, they have the concept. I, know, I understand that. I'm yeah. talking about the footage itself. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get through You're the getting, process know, of, Yeah, it's still a process I'm still kind of yeah, going through yeah. and there's mm-hmm. some I do want to talk about, but some I kind of can't. Yeah. No, no, of so, course. Um, well, no, no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I don't, yeah. I, I'm not saying to get into specifics. No, it's not just that. The it's general. I'm trying to find the right answer because I'm trying to write, find the right answer for a question and I'm going through myself because I'm, yeah. st- I'm still asking this myself because as I'm as I'm talking to different people about it as I'm learning more and more about it mm-hmm. and like I said these are things I wish I knew four years ago yeah well you know so <laughs> you know I mean, it, my, my, my family I come from a family of businessmen so uh, okay. it's in my so blood you, uh, it's, it's not mine <laughs> it's all contracts yeah. it's, it's all contracts so I've become like yeah but I've become like you have to sign everything yeah you know like you have to give me like blood urine sperm samples for like to work with me now. Yeah, I'm, no, kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm getting um, over. I'm back getting end. Over but back end. How did the back uh, end work? God. Do do the Tony, directors? I had a back I had a four hour conversation with Tony about back end, and I and sadly I fell asleep through it because like <laughs> and, and it's not no nothing wrong with that. Back end is it's a it's a whole different animal. It's something I'm kind of learning and trying to get a feature done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because as a producer, you know, and and again, everybody thinks oh, it's uh, the producer is the one with the money. Yeah. No. The producer is the one who finds the money. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, and I'm trying as a producer for- And controls the money. To to find (laughs) the money. Yeah. And see what I can do with it. Tony's been helping me out with it on Mm. on a few things. And, you know, we're hitting a catch-22 with investors Mm. in terms of finding an investor to give money because an actor, like, you know, because for a feature- one way to get money is you need to get, to get good money is you, you know, they want a name. They want a name actor. Yeah. But actors won't commit. A name actor won't come in unless you have money behind it. Especially, and it's what's worse now because everybody's trying to make a film under the bus. And if you contact somebody, you got all these people. Everybody wants to be a filmmaker. Everybody can be a filmmaker now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot more accessible than it was 15, 20 years ago. So, you know, and I don't blame the actors one bit because they don't know who the real people are from the phonies. Right. Yeah. You know, and they have a lot of phonies who are. are I mean, they're getting they're, contacted almost. They're getting contacted all the, time. all the time. So they don't know who the real ones are. And they wind up attaching themselves to a phony motherfucker who fucks them over so bad I know this because I've had conversations with some of them Mm. about this whole subject and you know they don't trust anybody else like when a good person you know when a good filmmaker like Manny or myself come along they don't know whether or not to fucking trust them right you know and unless they have the money Mm -hmm. so 
you know, I'm talking. Well, I think I think that I think that speaks to what your track record is. Then, when you're going to go to the point of finding a name actor, yeah. and like we're go- we're moving into this right now ourselves, we want to work on an anthology TV series. And my oh, plan, so you, so you blackmailed me into this. Doing, is this is picking this your brain. Yeah, yeah, we're picking your brain here. Uh, you know, this. in a public forum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know this. You know that we're doing this. Um, no, I don't actually. Yeah, you do. You sabotage me. <laughs> oh well, uh, well, maybe maybe we'll let your restraints out. Maybe we won't. Yeah, hire the hire the people I hire for the hotel. <laughs> uh, what what my plan right now is to try to find well number one well, number one I have a lot of st- I have a lot of script stories that I have to license myself yeah. because uh, I don't plan to write any of them on my own. I have a bunch of stories that I, uh, I that I find to be like ideal projects for me. And I'd like to try to get a lot of them in into this uh, into this anthology. So I have writers that I need to contact. And I have to start licensing them. From yeah. that point, I already have effects artists who are ready to go, who are down for this project. You know, uh, I've got a couple of, uh, I got a, a certain number of crew members who are ready to do this already. All right, you're already doing the right steps. Yeah. Uh, next thing, based on these, once I have the uh, the scripts themselves licensed, I got this. I'm going to start finding my locations and figure out yeah. where we're going to shoot. Then, from that point, I'm going to take all of that that we have ready. And everything that's nailed down, and again, as much in, in as much in writing as possible, I'm going to start. I, I have a casting agent who I've already spoken to, who's going to be doing, who, who's who want, who's going to help us out with um, contacting actors, agents, like I, because just like like I want to do it like Tales from the Crypt. We would yeah, have, that's, that's that's what I'm doing. Yes. with uh, future. That yeah, I'm developing I, I right want to have I want to have this casting, casting exactly. Let the casting agent contact their managers because yeah. honestly we've contacted actors like name yeah. actors in the past and we don't get a response at all but yeah, if it's coming it, from a yeah. manager from another casting agent okay well now this is something serious the script yeah. will come through them my plan is like you said it's difficult to get a name actor if you don't have the money behind it yeah. but unfortunately you can't get money behind it without a name actor I, I did so, find a bit of a solution for that just recently ooh. wow them with the script make I, in my the way I'm going to go about it yeah. and I want to hear your your solution my what, that's one my outlook is to have a script that they want to do like this yeah. is a great script I'd love to be part of it and just mm-hmm. give them something and they go like holy shit I need to be part of this yeah. that's one mm-hmm um, that's from the acting standpoint. If you yeah. can get it, you know you can also offer them a producing capacity because a lot of actors are their own mm-hmm. producers. Yeah. So if you can offer them that, this is where back end points yeah. become. This, this and, is where I start to die. This yeah. is this is. I what do you, not like giving up back end. I'm a businesswoman. Yeah, I, I do not but, like it. But you know, at the same time, I, I have, but for some name, cases to get it done, you have to. And I know. That's one of the yeah, but that that's difficult because if I want to, the way we're looking at it, we want to get a different name. We want to get one name for every episode. You're giving yeah. away a lot. Of See, it's going to be more difficult because you're not just getting one name for the entire series. You're yeah. doing, you know, which which for in fear of when we get that to television, that's exactly yeah. what we want to do. Yeah. You know, um, but. You know when. So, what's what, your solution? What's my, the solution my solution is with? what you know because I haven't. I do have an investor interested in one of my future scripts, yeah. and they're looking to put in some money for it, but they want to have some certain names. They want to have some things with it. So, I asked them to come up with a list of actors that they would absolutely give me money for if they agreed to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really smart. So, yeah. you, go. you know, that's basically how I'm doing it now. So you're getting almost like a guarantee. It's almost a guarantee. It's the only way I can think that can work right now. Yeah, if yeah. you can get this actor, they will they will gladly yeah. pay for them. You if know? you agree, to, if you agree to this project, then I have the investor's agreement yeah. to, to pay your... You know, but, but yeah. 
you know, I, this is where IMDb Pro becomes such a good resource because, mm. you know, you kind of have to look at, if you want to get a name actor, look at actors who are also producers yeah. and who have like a production company and you look at what they've done and, and it's sad and they part understand the other side of like, And too. if they haven't done anything, if you've seen that you haven't produced anything in a couple of years, it might be a good time to, you know, to do that and, and to handle it. You know, I mean, the one thing you cannot do is approach an actor at a convention and say, Hey, you want to be in my script? I did it when I was 25 I to 30. I'm 40 now. So it's, yeah. it's all a lot of people who do that and they get them for those cameos. And that's great. A lot of the time they'll be willing to do it. Here's a hundred bucks, say a couple lines for me. A lot of the times they'll do it because they, they know that, you know what? You're shooting at a damn convention. This freaking thing ain't going anywhere. Exactly. It's not going anywhere. The, your, your production value is so low. I'm making free money it's and so you're wasting it. It winds up hurting them more worked. because it's another credit on IMDb and that's it's another credit on a resume that people yeah. See, yeah. and, and distributors when you and distribu- have that, exactly, and that's one of the problems I'm having because it's like there's some names out there. Yes, they're name actors, but they do so many they do so many films. Yeah, but you want to know what that their their value they are devaluing themselves know what, though, by I'll doing tell you that. Though a lot of those people, with the exception of a few names, a lot of those people at conventions, they just they just want to get paid. Yeah. Exactly, and that's it. That's why yeah. they're at the convention, with so the exception of some of these other people. Like you get someone like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who's at Horror Hound. He's not just trying to get paid. Yeah. He's got a whole management company behind him, and exactly. you cannot approach him about something. They are gonna. There's a wall of shut five. That shit down. Yeah. yeah, there's a wall of five people between you and them to keep that conversation from even happening. Yeah. So you're never gonna be able to approach him at a convention and ask if he'd be willing to do something. But you have fifty other actors who are also at the convention who don't have that wall of people and unfortunately fortunately and unfortunately they don't have that wall between them because they're just trying to get paid they they have nowhere else that a paycheck is coming from Mm -hmm. so this table is actually their money so if you want to offer them a couple hundred bucks to say a couple lines they're more than willing to do it yeah. Sim- and, and they don't care about diluting their name because their name is nothing at this point. They can't make much money to yeah. begin with. They live on those sorts of things. And it's it's at that point where, you know what, they're not worrying about their brand or anything. They're just worrying no, about paying not, their but, damn cell phone bill. But the, you need to ask yourself, you know, yes, if you're just, exactly. you need to ask yourself, is that something you're willing to do? Yeah. yeah. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's then, great. That's For great. Me personally, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah. If you want to sell it, there's a couple actors yeah. out there who've been in a million movies over the last couple of years, and distributors won't even touch it because exactly. because that guy's been in so many. And damn I've movies. had a discussion with a distributor yeah. oh, about yeah. that. We've yeah. had we have and he won't. You know. Yeah. You know, and I see people I know working with these same people, and and it's it's funny because these are some of these actors I really like, and I would love to work with them. And now it's like, and now it's like, oh, I had the best opportunity too, and you know who I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. you know, because we both might be doing something with them future in another format. But you want to work with them, but on the other hand, you're like, ah, fuck, you know, it's like. It it's devalued. Is it worth it? Is it gonna is it gonna bring? It's it's gonna actually hurt getting this made. Yeah. yeah, is this actual yeah. value or is this just your own personal yeah. kind of geekiness? And then, but and you know what where I would, you know what, though, what I would hire them for. Here's use them, but don't make them the main name. Get another yeah. name on yeah. top of them so but, that they can just, you get to work with them and you get to fulfill that, oh, I've always wanted to work with you regardless yeah. and you don't Either care. That, put them in the first 10 minutes of the film and have them in there for the full 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I've had this yeah. conversation with, with so many people about it and it's like you gotta, you gotta be a little bit smart in who you, in who you decide and you know, it's good to 
dream and I don't and people say oh you know you shouldn't really think about that I say fuck that dream big yeah. dream as much as you can with it go and big or go home from a production standpoint <laughs> and you always got to come up with it from a production standpoint and you probably notice Lindsay you got to come up with different plans and you yeah. got to say okay yeah. you know it's like okay if this doesn't work we'll try this if this doesn't work we'll try this mm-hmm. and you have to think of like three or four plans before you even start the first one yeah you yeah. know so. oh yeah uh, I think we're going to wrap it up with that I think we've been here okay. for yeah. a while. I think we're going to wrap that up. Okay. Uh, once we can again, always, we can always have Scott come back. Yeah, we could always have him come back if we decide to. If, we, if we decide we need a 90-minute nap. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, once again, Scott, where can everybody find you? Um, you can find me on Facebook. Scott W. Perry is my name. Uh, you can find me. I have uh, my production company, Slick Devil Entertainment, on Vimeo, where I have uh, my reel, a couple of films on there. You can check it out. Um, also, for anything in fear of, you can check out infearoftheseries.com. Cool. 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 Website for Scott Personal. Pending. Not yet. Not yet. Personal um, website is pending. Pending. But that's cool. Patent pending. Yeah. So Get some Squarespace and, license and pending. Squarespace just sponsor us. There you go. There you go. I'm looking for sponsors. <laughs> uh, I'm you, such a uh, producer. Once, as we said in the beginning, you can find us this weekend at Chiller Theater with the great Dina Demko. Maybe me. And maybe Scott Perry as well. He's not. He he may be there. He may not. Which means, which means, you, if you want to find him, you're gonna to have to stalk him around the halls. You're gonna have game to find time him. to sit. It won't be the first time that's happened. No, you yeah. to, you're gonna to have to stalk him. Somewhere, you're gonna have to you know? follow him Who in knows? the book of face. Who knows? He could be. He could be up in a hotel room somewhere drinking an entire bottle of bourbon by himself. Scotch. <laughs> Scotch. <laughs> if you want to drink, you gotta drink with the fine stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so find us at Chilla Theater in Persephone, New Jersey, this weekend with buy their shit with the great Dina Dem. Go yes, pick up. You can pick up copies of Blood Slaughter Massacre and Attack of the Brain People. We have one copy of Emma's Mastectomy left. One. There is one single copy of this left, and I, there will not be any more copies. So really? if you no, I'm not going to make any more. Mm. No, I like nope. this limited. There are none because you're giving it to me. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to go to putting stickers on DVDs. Oh, all Damn. right. Well, maybe we'll do another. Maybe we'll do another run or something now. But uh, uh, yeah, so find us. So, so find us there. Uh, we're actually going to. Well, we'll we're, the movie's not available yet. We're having it. Theta uh, States is still in film festivals, but uh, I think we're going to have. We'll have Theta States posters with us as well. So if you want to pick up one of our awesome post, one of our awesome award-winning posters, mm-hmm. best you, poster at Macabre Fair. Yeah, we'll have those at at Chilla Theater. Uh, go to massgravepictures.com to follow, to find all of our archive episodes of Filmmaking Sucks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, Google Play, and whatever podcatching app of your choice. Um, email us at filmmakingsucks at gmail.com for any subjects that you'd like us to cover. Anyone who, if you have a guest suggestion that you think that we would be very interested to talk to or maybe If you want to be a guest. Even if you want to be a guest, that would be nice. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Louis, Send us... that was not for you. No, no, no. Louis. <laughs> Louis, Louis will be on here eventually, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, questions, suggestions, hate mail, whatever. Filmmakingsucks at gmail.com. Uh, uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcatching app. Rate us and review us, please. It helps us helps us move forward in the rankings so that this way people know that you like us or hate us and others can help find us. Uh, in the meantime, that's going to do it. your log line and send us your first. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope you got something out of this long discussion. I didn't. 
Well, there you go. No, he, I did. He, he got he got nothing out of this. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't learn it. I lived it. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Good luck out there, and make good films. <laughs>